Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Lewis Schenk of Boost Media, helping founders become synonymous in their industry. Lewis, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks so much for having me. Excited to dive in. Hey, so welcome. So just for the benefit of everyone listening today, can you tell us a little bit about your business and and who you serve? Yeah, so Boost Media Agency is my company. Uh, We started back in 2019. And essentially what we do, we're a PR and podcast agency. So yeah, we work with founders who want to build their personal brand. So our method is centered around PR, podcast, and personal branding. So essentially taking our clients from unknown to known. And the Mm -hmm. ultimate goal is to help them become synonymous with their industry. So getting them in front of the right people on podcasts, in front of the right people in the media, and then basically creating a ton of leverage from that and uh, you know, giving them the resources for their own social media to continue to grow there. Mm, beautiful. So that that journey from unknown into known, that's that can be tough, right? That's a, that's a huge transition for some people. Yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, a lot of people are kind of used to putting themselves out there to some degree, but you know, anyone can run a Facebook ad, anyone can set up a LinkedIn account. So it's like, you need to be able to do the things that, you know, isn't accessible to everyone. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So like, you know, obviously bigger sort of podcast shows, bigger sort of media outlets. So kind of break into that. It can be uncomfortable. Like, you know, we've had clients who have done podcasts, like, yeah, I don't want to be on video at all. Can we just do it audio? Right. So I think yeah. most people that we work with are already comfortable putting themselves out there to an extent, but there's always outliers who, you know, whether it's an internal or external sort of huh. challenge, um, yeah. you know, don't want to put themselves out there too much. Oh, yeah, because we we all have our, our limitations or boundaries or or fears that get in the way. So how do you help people to overcome those fears that is, is just one step away from doing, achieving or or being being more visible? I mean, that's that's a good question, but I would say I I think that the people that we attract are typically already at that level. So mm. I haven't really had to, you know, help anyone overcome their fear there. But, you know, like uh, my team member, she was she was onboarding a client last week. And so this was the client I just mentioned that didn't want to be on video. So yeah. what she kind of did is kind of coach her and she's like, look, why don't we do this? Like, why don't we create a couple of videos from the podcast and like see how you like it? And, and if you don't like it, if you really like hate it and you don't like yourself on video, then we can just change it to some audio, you know, get some nice designs like that. So, you know, just kind of teasing the idea of, you know, getting uncomfortable, pushing past the comfort zone and, you know, doing the things that they know they need to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's one recent example. 
That's beautiful. And it sounds like you're very comfortable with, with this, but I guess it wasn't always that way. For the clients or for myself? I think for yourself personally. So looking at the business and the way you help people and what the visibility that you have, um, when you first started, what were this sort of, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, what were this, the challenges that you, you found yourself coming up against? I mean, yeah, no real challenges come to mind, but when you say like, you know, things I had to overcome, like, you know, I look back at the videos I created three years ago and I, I literally suck. Like it was, I, I cringe. I can't even watch it. Right? I feel yeah. so, you know, yeah, I just cringe every time I see it. So, you know, it's always about like making progress. And when I look back, I'm like, okay, shit, like, you know, I, I've grown so much. I've achieved so much more. And yeah. you know, it's, it's always exciting for me at the end of the year to kind of, you know, recap and be like, wow, look at what I was doing at the start of the year and look what I'm doing now. Right. So, I mean, no, yeah, big challenges come to mind when you ask that, but just in the sense of like, you know, getting better, you know, mm -hmm. always kind of focusing on, on growing yourself as a person and as, you know, and the business, cause they, they go hand in hand and the reflection always shows that like, you know, how much progress you've been able to make. Yeah, dude, I love that because it's so important to see where you have come. It's so important to understand where you, you know, what is good and what is really helped. And also it's important to see, you know, the mistakes that we did make. I said, looking back through videos, you, you had a big smile on your face and it was, it was amazing to see because like we can laugh. All the videos we first started with are, chances are they're probably a bit rubbish, right? But at least you did them. At least you started. It's a great stepping stone. Yeah. And my first ever mentor, like he kind of really grilled this into me. It was like, just literally take imperfect action. I know it's a really cliche saying now and people just say it, but it's so true. Like if you literally waited a year to post that first video, you're going to mm -hmm. have sucked for that whole extra year. But right. If you took that action a year ago, right. If I had started a YouTube channel a year ago, where would I be now? Right. But now I'm 2023. Like, cool. Now I'm going to start a YouTube. You know, I'm kicking myself for doing that. Right. But obviously there's different priorities, but point being like, the sooner you just accept that you're going to suck at something and just take the action, the sooner you're actually going to be able to get good at it and get the result you want. Yeah, there's always that level of improvement that happens and we need to go through just doing the thing, doing the thing, getting the results. Sometimes the results are not, not what we want, not what we expected, but you get the results nonetheless. So looking at so how far you've come, it's great to sort of look back. Looking at your business right now, what where is your focus? What are you, what are you really spending your time, energy, and money on right now? Yeah. So two things. Uh, one, kind of ironic because we're on one, but two is the podcast side of things. So you know, obviously, we we started the whole business centered around like PR, so getting our clients into you know online magazines, publications, etc. But the big shift, you know, podcast is such a booming industry, and more and more people are tuning in every day, listening to them, and so what we found from like our marketing, our messaging is that the podcast side of things is resonating with people a lot. Right. And mm -hmm. so our, our biggest focus, I was just on a call with one of my mentors just before and planning out the strategy for next year. And it's going to be heavily focused around uh, the podcast and short form content from the podcast. Cause you know, short form video is blowing up TikTok, Instagram reels, Facebook reels, all the algorithms are favoring that. And so we just want to kind of become indispensable to our clients where it's like, you know, they don't have to like lift a finger and all they do is get on a few podcasts every month. And then we basically, yeah, just do everything from the content standpoint for them. Cause I know for me, I'm solving my own problem, right? Like I'll go away on a trip and I don't want to, you know, set up my camera and record videos. Like I know I need to post consistently, 
Mm-hmm. But I just, like we spoke about, I have podcast episodes, send it to my editor, bang, here's 10 clips, cool, approve eight of them, edits them, then that's all my content for the week um, or even a month, depending how frequently you want to post done. So the, the focus on that side of things is, yeah, the podcast short form content. And then on the other side is just hiring. So um, I'm in the process of, I've done about 20 interviews in the last week uh, for a few different roles, but mm-hmm. yeah, hiring some A players just to kind of take, take the operations and the sales stuff to the next level. How have you been finding that? Because with an awful lot of businesses, as as we grow, taking on the right people can be important, but also getting too you know, stuffed down on having to find the right people, and it's 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 tough to make that decision. How are you? How have you found hiring traditionally, and how are you finding it right now? I mean, yeah, some people some people say hire slow, fire fast. I go hire fast, fire fast. So it's like you know, finding people that. I think would be a really good fit and getting them into that role, sort of throwing them in the Mm. deep end and not spending like three months, just, you know, we're not a fortune 500 company where we're trying to hire, you know, a CEO on a million dollar a year salary. Like in reality, it's like, we're trying to find someone who can, you know, do the role really well. And if they can't do that, then, you know, we got to find someone else. And I'm, I don't want to spend three months, even a month trying to find that person. So just, yeah, firing people, uh, sorry, hiring people quickly and yeah, onboarding them quickly as well. So that, mm. that whole imperfect action philosophy into the hiring process. Okay. So that imperfect action, is that a philosophy that is a principle that you've taken throughout your business as you started? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Nice. And so as your team grows, so looking at your responsibility personally, so you and the company, um, have you been able to find your area of genius? Have you found yourself doing too many things how have you been able to manage where the hats that you play the hats that you play the hats that you wear with your business yeah it's a good question i mean i think my area of genius is just sort of like on the the building side of things like i mean i i am the face of the business to an extent mm-hmm. but what i really like doing is just like building new systems you know making constant innovations and improvements, right? Like what can we improve? You know, it's easy to look at a business and be like, cool. Like if you want to double the business, you can, you know, just double the amount of leads, which is kind of a broken philosophy because if you double the amount of leads, you might, you know, double your amount of ad spend, which then reduces your customer, sorry, increases your acquisition costs. And, you know, you might double the business like revenue wise, but you might, you know, reduce the profit by Mm. like 50% to 10%. So I always look at where can we make improvements? Like, you know, the content, um, the messaging, the sales scripts, the you know uh, messaging frameworks, like everything. I'm kind of always looking for ways we can improve, add more value to our clients, like not just help them on like the PR and branding side of things, but you know when you speak to like 100 business owners a month, you find out pretty quickly that most of them have like a lead gen problem, right? They want a solution to solve that. So you know I've been building more additional assets and resources to actually give our clients so that outside of everything we do, they're going to succeed because they have you know the proven um, you know, frameworks and resources. So yeah, I think that that's been one of the, you know, the areas that I've put a lot of energy into and it's just removing myself from more of that admin and ops, which is where these new hires are coming in and the sales. So I can, you know, focus on building, making products, you know, top of top of industry, world-class mm-hmm. and, you know, just ensuring that the business is yeah, truly world-class. Super. And so with that, then we look at the, the sort of the personal side of business and how, business bleeds into all all areas of our life how do you set up the boundaries and set up 
um, the the strict areas of you know looking after your business, but also looking after your your health and looking after your your mental health, looking after your your personal life and your relationships. How have you been able to find a nice balance with those areas? Yeah, so my values, like I'm pretty clear on them. So like success in business is like at the top. Second is health. Third, family, friends, relationships, um, and adventure. They all kind of tie into one. But yeah, like every day. I either go for a walk, I train in the gym five, six days a week, read, meditate. You know, I, mm. I've always been since about 27, so not always, since 2017, you know, I started doing personal development and yeah, I know that that, you know, changed my life and I built habits that I, I won't ever lose, right? It's like, I went to, I, I'll never forget, I went to, you know, started going to the gym in 12th grade and, you know, I remember my friend saying like, man, you've wasted that many hours at the gym this year. Like, you know, they said, you wasted that many hours. And I'm like, man, like the, if I hadn't have started going to the gym when I was at that age, I would not be where I am today because that is what mm -hmm. taught me the initial discipline, patience, you know, trusting the process and, you know, understanding that results take time. And I'm not just going to go in there and get a ripped bicep, shredded six pack. Like it doesn't happen overnight unless you're a genetic freak, right? which is the same as business. So like, I, I always look at people who kind of have it all, like, you know, that person who's like naturally ripped. And I'm like, you know what? Like as much as I would love to be like that, the, the lessons that I've learned from putting myself through daily discipline, right? Like I guarantee you those people are way lazier than me and they don't have the results that I have. They may look like good at like, you know, face value. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather have to work hard to get it because the lessons and the discipline that teaches me, it just translates into everything. Like, so yeah, that that's kind of my philosophy. And yeah, I, I prioritize health. Like I eat super healthy. It's, it's just, it's just in my, in my core. It's something mm -hmm. that I always do. Nice. And so it sounds like you've, you've been doing this for an awful long time of taking care of yourself, understanding, you said, trust the process, beautifully put. But as you grow, as you take on more responsibility, as there's more sort of moving parts to your business, do you find that there's like little warning signs of, ah, I'm not quite paying attention to this aspect of my life? Um, what are those warning signs for you? And, and how do you notice them? Yeah, for me, it's the warning signs is usually just like internal, like I'll because I'm good at just working nonstop and, you know, mm. just, you know, pushing it to a limit. But one thing I've learned, so like I used to play golf at like, a you know, I'd say a relatively high level. And I really, I really wanted to turn professional. Right. So from the years 2018, sorry, 2017 to 2019, I that was when I really got into personal development and, you know, read books where they say, you know, you got to like outwork everyone and like. I guarantee you, at least in Australia, like I, I didn't see anyone that would have been working like that. Like I was up at 5 a.m. every single day, training in the gym mm -hmm. for two hours at the golf course from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, then I'd go, you know, eat some dinner, go back to the driving range until like 9.30 p.m. And that was like my days, like seven days a week. And I don't think in about two and a half years, I took probably five days off total, right? And I got to the end of that and it all hit me at once. And I just burned out massively because I'd always had the signs like, you know, take a break and people are like, man, you need to take a break. And I'm like, hell no. Like I'm not, I'm not resting, right? Like I'm going to outwork mm -hmm. you. You're resting. I'm, you know, but now it's like, I actually listen to my, my body and my mind. And like, when it tells me, Hey, you need to slow down take a little break. You know, I would just go and just take a half day off and go chill at the beach or, you know, just shut off the computer for the rest of the day and just listen to that because, you know, it's easy to, in theory, think, you know, work more, outwork everyone. But in reality, mm -hmm. it's like, you actually got to, you know, be one doing like focus work, intentional work. And when you're scrambling it just doesn't make sense so I've, 
I've gotten a lot better at understanding myself and the signs of like, you know, when I'm, when I'm burning out and just listening to that and, you know, taking that, that much needed rest. Yeah. So I think people that have been through it, that have seen it, it's important. So in that time where you were just pushing, 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 um, what were the things that you were, what were the voices? What, what was the justification that you had to keep on going? Yeah. I would just tell myself that I'm relentless. Um, I work everyone like, you know, I'm sure you know the whole like affirmation thing. Like I don't, I'm not big on affirmation so much now, but like, you know, I would just tell myself like, no one's going to outwork me. Right. Like, um, and it was just, yeah, that was, that was on repeat. So I, mm. I believed it and, and I embodied it and yeah, like I got a lot better, but it's really interesting. Like I improved so much on the skill front, but my results actually started to decrease because, you know, this is one thing I learned kind of after my, my golf career, if you will is that like all the professionals, they pretty much rest the week before a tournament, right? So they go into that tournament fresh, ready to go, tons of energy. Whereas me, I'm like, okay, shit, I've got a week until the next tournament. You know, I've got to just get out there and practice six hours a day, make sure everything is so sharp and dialed. But in reality, the work you do in a week leading up to, you know, a tournament is not going to make a difference, right? It's like mm. the work that you did for the six months, 12 months prior. The work's already been done, change, right? You, yeah, you can't change your golf swing in a week, right? You can you can get a new feeling, but mm. you know, it's not gonna you're not gonna turn into Tiger Woods or something like that. And so for me, it was like getting the new perspective of like you actually do need to slow down to speed up sometimes. You need to, you know, let the let the changes take place, let everything settle in. So that was a that was a huge lesson I had there. Yeah, man, I love that. And how does that translate to your business? Yeah, like I said, just understanding when I want to take a right take a break prioritizing the things that are, you know, not necessarily fun, but are mm -hmm. actually going to, you know, help in the long run. Like things like, you know, reviewing, you know, reviewing calls, uh, you know, kind of re like practicing like your, you know, sales process, sales groups, et cetera. Like you know, things like that, you're like, oh, you know, it's not really what I want to do, but, you know, that's going to kind of produce a, a good result in the future. Nice. Love that. And um so what's your sort of daily routines or daily practices that you found are what's non-negotiable for you and what are the nice things that come into play as and when you need them? I mean, non-negotiable is like exercise. So yeah, I gym about five, six days a week. I try to rest twice just depending on how the body feels. So gym, walk, get outside, um, live 500 meters from the beach. So yeah, just doing something throughout the day. That's good for the health. Um, I mean, I used to have like a really like disciplined morning routine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I would wake up, I would have my coffee. I would then read 10 pages of a book. I would then, you know, uh, what would I do next? I would meditate for 10 minutes. And, you know, by then I'd spend like an hour, you know, getting into my day. Whereas like I just tested out. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to just start working, just get up and just start working. And I mean, I've been doing that for like the last year now. And I think it's better. I feel like I, it almost, it's almost counterintuitive, right? Like, doing you think you should prepare and make yourself feel all good but like i kind of use that as a reward now versus like doing that beforehand so once i've kind of got the work done that i want to get done so cool i'll sit down do some reading you know go upstairs onto the roof get some sun read a few chapters go for a walk so kind mm -hmm. of using those routine things as a reward uh, has really worked for me nice i think the lesson there is because we all <laughs> There are so many gurus out there tell you, this is how you do it. You need to do this. You need to prepare this. Here's your morning routine. I think finding the right thing for you is the most important thing. You need to find happiness with your, with your work, with what you do, 
but also with your with your routines and how you feel that's sounds like that's the kind of route that you've taken yeah it's not what works it's what works for you right and you're totally right especially when you're like impressionable and you know i would have tried everything in the book throughout the years right because mm-hmm. you see these people and you know they look like a like you said like a guru right like oh this person you know says that millionaires do this and this but you know and you believe it right like you subscribe to that because you don't know any better but the more you learn the more you understand like okay like that's what works for them right mm-hmm. what works for one person like the food that i eat might make someone else really sick right we're all unique individuals and it's like about testing and finding out what works right and there's you're never going to have it perfect and you you know the things that work for you might change as you grow and you know you might get bored like i get i get kind of bored of doing the same like thing like routine like i'm like almost dread it and you know mm-hmm. some people say oh you need to have it you know consistent for 20 years and do the same thing every day like sure that works for some people right but like for me it's like sometimes i really feel like going to the gym first thing in the morning right other times i feel like going at night other times i feel like going at 2 p.m right mm. and so for me that's why i love being like a business owner entrepreneur so it's like you know i have to an extent that that uh you know time freedom control right i can say cool today i'm just going to block out this time and do that so i think it you know the biggest determiner of happiness as human beings is time freedom right there's been a lot of research and studies and a book called psychology of money like references so many great examples of that and that's one thing that i kind of had this realization i'm like the fact that someone can actually you know be able to do something when they want you know with who they want and like however they want that that is like the the ultimate goal really right it's what we're all searching for entrepreneurs we all start because we don't want to be confined to the nine to five don't want to be told what to do and there's an inbuilt sort of passion of i want to do this but life should be a different way so i love that that's a big part of of your life and and your journey Mm -hmm. looking at the other flip side of it what what do you hate about being an entrepreneur what's what's tough about being an entrepreneur yeah i mean managing people um sometimes just yeah like i i enjoy getting up early but sometimes like having to get up early to take the calls you know it's not always fun i really don't mind it but there's some days like god i wish i could just you know sleep in um i think the biggest thing is just like always you're always on 24 7 like you know it, i think about yeah. it's like yeah if you have a normal job you know you go nine to five then you can just clock out mentally you go home watch some netflix etc mm-hmm. but you know when you're the business like you're always mind saying okay what can i do like it might be a call got to respond to this tomorrow so your mind's always racing so i mean i think it's it's not a bad thing it's you know you're, you're focusing on something that's uh productive and you know gonna kind of get you to where you want to go versus like oh like what's happening on the latest tv show like oh what did what did the politician say on the tv like you know you can you have a certain amount of attention and energy and like mm-hmm. you know i i think you know if you put that to the business it's you know it's never a bad thing yeah that always on is i said you were always on when you were looking at the golf always on always working always going for it and as an entrepreneur less physical much more mental ideas thoughts what could i do what could i improve what systems all that stuff it's how do you quiet those voices how do you try and ease off on always being on i mean yeah it's just giving myself the time to unwind at the end of the day so i can't remember the exact book oh it's called like the happiest man on earth i forget who the guy actually is 
But apparently, I've been doing this for years, but I never even realized that if you watch something before you go to bed that makes you laugh and like you're like you're laughing and happy before you go to bed, you wake up feeling much more happier and, um, you know, not alive, but for lack of a better term, you know, feeling really great. And so Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I was just like put on some YouTube, watch some, you know, something funny that like just generally makes me laugh and I'm not thinking about the business. I'm just like enjoying that. And then I go to sleep feeling, you know, really good. And then I wake up always excited for the next day. So, I mean, it's, it sounds, you know, some people would say, Oh my God, you shouldn't like watch YouTube and you shouldn't, you know, it's a waste of like time or blue light or whatever. Like I've got the blue light glasses for all the people out there that, you know, think that, but um, yeah, like I think that just works really well for me. Yeah. I mean, there's my so girlfriend many hates it Really? She always, she always tells me to turn off the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so what does what what does she think about you being an entrepreneur? What's what is what does she love about it? What does she hate about it? Probably like the freedom aspect, you know, being able to travel, go and do cool things. Like been on a bunch mm. of really cool trips this year. Yeah, so I would say that that's probably the best. Nice. So ultimately, it is it is the freedom that everyone's looking for, the ability to get more experiences and enjoy enjoy what you do. Correct. Like I, you know, I put up a post on Facebook earlier in the week and I think the headline was like, do more cool shit, right? Like when I was 18, 19, I was obsessed with material things. Like not even like, you know, Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph Lauren. It's really funny to like think back, but me and my friendship group, like we thought that, you know, if you wore Tommy Hilfiger and Ralph Lauren, that you were like the epitome of like, you know, status and all this (laughs) stuff. And I remember this one time I got back from Europe and I think I had like $600 in my bank account and I went we went to the, the shopping center and I saw this jacket, right? It was like $550. And I was like, God, I want this jacket so bad. And like, I spent $550 and I had $600 to my name on that, right? Wore the jacket once, right? In my whole life. I didn't even like it. I just thought it was cool because it had the massive Tommy Hilfiger. And point is like, now the older I've gotten, I just value experiences so much more. Like if you said to me, mm-hmm. oh, hey, go and buy this t-shirt for $100. I'd say like, no, like why? Right? Unless it was something I really wanted. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. like, let's go and do this cool experience. It's 100 bucks. Like, no brainer. Yeah. Right? So for me, it's like I value the experiences far more than the material things because those are the things that, you know, you remember forever. A T-shirt is going to get in the bin, um, you know, but that memory until you're, you know, gray, old and gray and, you know, maybe you have Alzheimer's or something. But, yeah, you'll be you'll remember forever. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm on board with experiences count for so, so much beautiful no doubt and so and and your lasting tip something funny before you go to bed yeah something funny um i have like a handful of youtube creators that yeah i just i love their content they're really down to earth people Mm. people that i would vibe with in real life but they're also hilarious so it it helps yeah nice beautiful and also what it's whatever works for you whatever works for you whatever gets you working whatever gets you happy whatever gets you through it's you don't have to follow the, you must do this. I think that's important. Beautiful. Yeah. I have friends that, you know, make $25 million a year. And I can tell you for a fact that they don't do anything like you would think, you know, the gurus online say. You mean they don't follow all the rules? How dare they? How did they get there? Oh, I know. I know. Nice. Shocking. Well, hey, Lewis, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for your time. Um, it's been really cool to hear your point of view and what, what you do and how you've got to where you are. So if people want to learn a bit more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, probably Instagram is the best place, um, at Lewis Shank, or you can go to boostmediaagency.com and 
check that out. But yeah, we've got a ton of cool resources and stuff. So feel free to, to hit us up and we can send them over to you. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Right. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.